Sister Rose. It's always a blessing to be here, and thank you for having me. And I love you all so much. It's always like a little part of home here. And I'm so glad that you took time on a Wednesday night. You know, not that we can even be together, but that we have an opportunity to be with the Lord. And we have an opportunity to be touched by God and to be changed. And I'm so thankful for that tonight. And I'm thankful for God's timing. I I had planned on being here at a different time. And a couple of things had happened. My dad had had a heart attack. And um, just to give you like a quick testimony about that, so I've been serving the Lord for almost 25 years, and my father is a he's a he's a funny man, he's a happy man, but he's never served the Lord. So when I heard that he had had this heart attack, it was urgent that I would get there. And my heart was pressing, Pastor, because I wanted to make sure that he was right with God. And as soon as I got in there, um, I've never seen my father cry. In all these years, I've never seen him cry. And he began to weep, and he said, I know that the Lord sent someone to save me and that God has kept me here. And that was such a blessing to hear my dad give any kind of glory to God. But I praise God for that. And, and, you know, he's still in a healing process. But, man, God is always on time, and I I thank him for that. As we were worshiping, and then we're going to go to the Lord in prayer, you know, I heard the Lord say, I want to give you a revelation of the victory on the cross. If we could just get a revelation of what Jesus did on the cross and apply that to our lives, apply that to our thoughts, apply it to our heart, apply it to every area of our life, our physical bodies. So let's go ahead and pray right now. I believe the Lord's going to show us something here tonight. Father, God of Abraham, God of Isaac and Jacob, God of David, I honor you tonight, Father. I thank you, Lord. For this appointed time, I thank you for the word tonight that's going to go forth and that's going to bless and touch and strengthen the hearts of your people. I'm only a messenger and I'm here to lift up the name of Jesus, but I'm so thankful for this word, Father. I thank you that you are an on-time God that is so in control here tonight over our lives. So Holy Spirit, I pray that as we sit here in your presence, that you would give us a revelation of that great victory that Jesus won on the cross. He is seated at your right hand in all power and all authority. He is the head of the church. And we submit ourselves to you tonight, Lord. We humbly come before your throne of grace, Lord. I thank you for breakthroughs tonight. I thank you, Lord, for advancements in the kingdom. I thank you for the best seasons are yet to come, God. Father, I thank you tonight for the plans that you have for us. Good plans. Plans to prosper us, Father. And we're going to see, Father, the kingdom added to. We're going to see souls won. We're not going to bow down to the enemy. We're not going to grow weak. But we're going to go stronger, Lord, as the days go by. In the name of Jesus, let the church say amen. 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 So in prayer today, I heard the Lord say, get back in the fight. Now, I know there's a few things that have transpired the past couple of weeks. But I heard the Lord say today to every one of you personally, get back in the fight. With all of your might, get back into the fight. We know that it's not an easy thing what we do. We carry a cross. We are in the Lord's army. What we do is not an easy thing. And I was reminded of Paul. He said when he arrived in Macedonia, he said there was no rest for our flesh. He said we had trouble on every side. Here was one of the most powerful anointed apostles of all times. And he said we had no rest. He said there was trouble everywhere. He said without there was fightings. Within I struggled with fears. We have those 
sometimes. There's fighting all around us. And then he says, five times I was beat, he said. And then he goes on to say, I was shipwrecked three times. I was stoned once. He goes, there were always dangers of robbers everywhere. He said there were dangers from his own countrymen. There were false brethren. There was never a moment where he could just sit down and relax. And that to us today, we are on a battlefield today. And this war is not easy, but we have the victory in the name of Jesus. And I believe the Lord has sent me here today to remind all of you, just a few short here, that's, that's here today, just a few of us. This is all it takes. We're two or more are gathered. Tonight we can move mountains. Tonight we can call forth some miracles and things can begin to change. Tonight we can intercede for people and things can change in just a moment. Amen? Amen. I want to think of me being here tonight as kind of like a holy huddle. We're coming together as a family of Christ to encourage each other and to strategize for what's ahead here. You know, Paul said, I press towards the mark. You and I have to practice pressing towards sometimes, pressing through things sometimes. And to press means to force or to have a formula. we got to have a game plan, Bishop. we got to have a plan and, and have a strategy in these fights that we're in. And then just for a moment in time, what does press through mean? Okay, we gotta press through these obstacles. We gotta forcefully face our adversaries. We have to work through this, work through discouragement, work through fatigue, work through our disappointments. We get disappointed sometimes. You know, sometimes we pray a certain way and we're so um, just so believing that God's going to let things go this way and it goes the complete opposite way. But that's the moments where you and I, where our faith is getting stronger, where the Lord is saying, trust me, he has great big plans for us. Never allow this drive or this push within you to die. We can never get in, allow the enemy to put us in a corner. We've always got to be forceful. We've always got to take a step forward and let the enemy know, I'm not sitting still. We're progressing and we're going to be moving. So in the name of Jesus, we must move the enemy out of the way. Push to be at your best for Jesus. He deserves our best. We give our jobs our best. Sometimes we try to give our spouses our best. But Jesus deserves the best from you and I because he gave you and I the best. Amen? Amen? Push to be your best. Push through, church. Kings, um, I'm sorry, Isaiah 62, 10 through 12. Go through, go through the gates. Prepare ye the way of the people. We have a job to do. There are lost souls that we have to help prepare a way for. And you and I have been given the task to show them the way. Gather out the stones, the scripture says. Look up a standard for the people or rise a banner. Tonight, this church is a banner. We're waving. There are people going by here tonight, and they know that there's a church here. And it's a banner being waved saying, this is the way to peace. This is the way to life. Amen? Amen. Behold, the Lord has proclaimed unto the ends of the world. Say ye to the daughter of Zion, behold, thy salvation be comes. Behold, his reward is with him. His work is before him. They shall call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and thou shalt go, sought out, a city not forsaken. So I'm here tonight to remind you of your mandate. I am here tonight to remind you of what your identity is. Okay, we're, we're having an identity crisis. If I could give this uh, sermon a title tonight, there is an identity crisis in our world today. But we must gather. We've got to remove some stones from this generation. We've got to violently wave some banners. We've got to start getting people's attention. You've got to start getting bold with people and going up to people and saying, do you know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior? What can I do to help you? What did Jesus do? The Bible says he went about helping people. The Lord went about making ways for 
for people. Jesus went about healing the sick, encouraging those that were cast down. That is our mandate here tonight. You shall receive power, the scripture says. You shall receive power. What are you doing with the power that God has bestowed upon you tonight? You will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. For what? To be witnesses unto me. You have a powerful witness within you. All you have to do is open up your mouth and allow the Lord to use you here tonight. God is not done yet. I sincerely believe that we are on the verge of seeing a great move of God in our land. Okay? I'm not going to let this thing pass by. I'm on board 200%. I got my banner waving, Jesus, here am I. What's the plan? What do we do next? According to Isaiah 61, Jesus removed stones that injured and impaired people along the way. Jesus said things like this. The Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up. These are things that you and I are anointed to, to do as well. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of prisons to the bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, to comfort people. People are mourning today. People are confused today, and we have the answer to that. And his name is Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. We find here that Jesus removed prison doors at the cross. Jesus defeated depression. Jesus defeated discouragement. These things that you and I even confront on a daily basis. So we must wave a banner towards Christ to all the people that God has given us in a circle. The people at your work wave a banner towards Christ to those people. Those people in your family that are lost, wave that banner. Give a testimony. Be a witness to somebody of what God has done. Don't ever allow the enemy to shut your mouth and close your witness up. Just simply tell somebody when they say, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I always say the Lord is good to me. He's so, so good. The Lord is always good. There's always something we can say to get a hold of people for Jesus. An identity crisis. 1 Corinthians 14 and 33, for God's not the author of confusion, but of peace. There's confusion everywhere right now. Identity is defined as this. It's a characteristic by which a person is recognized or known. Or a quality that makes a person. A crisis is defined as a danger or trouble. We encounter confused people every single day of our life. And this identity crisis is paying a visit to the church. Do you notice how churches are changing? Do, we, do you notice how churches are taking a step more towards the world? That we really look a lot like the world anymore? And we're wondering what's going on here? And one day to the next, there's confusion, there's instability, there's not clarity. You hear people say all the time, I don't know who I am anymore. Do you hear people say that? It's because the enemy is causing this terrible confusion. 1 Peter 5 and 8. More than anything, the adversary wants to devour your identity. What is the enemy doing right now? He wants you to look weak. He wants you to look like a coward. He wants you to look confused to the confused so that we have no results with people. He is a lion, like a roaring lion, purposing our demise. Don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. The attacks that this church is going through right now is because the enemy wants your demise. But you've got to stand up and we've got to work through this. I want to encourage you and admonish you tonight. Set your affections on things above. Not on things of the earth. Amen. Set your affections on things above, not on the earth. What we're doing right now is only temporary. We've got to keep eternity in view. If we die tonight, come on church, we need to keep eternity in view. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. 
So here is our identity. Galatians 2 and 20. I am crucified with Christ. Who am I and what is this all about? We are crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, it's not I that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. And the life that you now live, the life that I now live, in the flesh we live by the faith of the Son of God who loves me and gives himself for me. Nobody feels loved anymore. We need to reaffirm to people, I love you. You are to love people. If the only thing you can love about somebody is that they are made in the image of God, then keep that in the forefront of your mind. Love people and express the love of God to people. God help us here tonight. May we never forget our passion and our drive and this work. May our speech always reflect that of the Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We should always be speaking edification. We should always be, sometimes we prophesy our doom. And we need to be prophesying our victory. We need to declare because our words are alive, good things in our life. We are feeling tonight, let's be honest, we are feeling that pressure to bend. We are feeling that pressure to loosen our grip a little bit on holiness, to loosen our grip just a little bit on this, because things are tough right now, and God's going to understand. We've got principalities and powers that are pushing the body of Christ to tolerate. We've got principalities and powers that are pushing the body of Christ to conform and to forget. Don't water down the gospel story. Don't water down the blood of Jesus Christ, church. We cannot afford to be a lukewarm church or have a lukewarm confession or have a lukewarm identity. Nobody wants to. People are, people are nauseous with the church today. They are nauseous. They're sick and tired of the judgment. People are judgmental. They're tired of seeing people weak. They're tired of seeing people weary. You can walk into a church and people aren't smiling. People are miserable and they attach church to that. The world doesn't want that. This is why God is reviving young people right now. Because we have let them down in some capacity and in some way. So God is visiting our youth and he's visiting our young people with what he wants them to have and what he wants them to see. Don't water down the blood of Christ. Tell the blood story of the crucifixion of Jesus. Tell people about the blood of Christ. Refuse to identify with easy and never pitch that to people. I never pitch easy to anybody. Everything that Jesus requires of us other than our free gift of salvation is work. I gotta work at my prayer life. I've got to press through every day to have an encounter with God. I have to press through to read my Bible. You know, pastors who preach easy, they are forming counterfeit churches. And then you can't keep people in church because they're not really saved. Having forms of godliness but denying the power thereof. Fight the good fight of faith. And I admonish you once again to resist the pressures to conform to a world-friendly church. We can't conform tonight. Identify with the truths of Jesus. This is what sets people free. The unaltered word of God still has power to save. This right here doesn't need our help. It just needs to be preached. It just needs to be said by faith. Amen. Amen. Maybe we've lost the crowds tonight because we have softened up on this. Maybe we have lost the crowds tonight because we have diluted things in life a little bit. We've eased up on things. Do you know that when Jesus preached, crowds showed up. When Jesus went somewhere, there were crowds everywhere following him. When he spoke, people climbed up trees. When Jesus spoke, we find that the multitudes were pushing and shoving to get to him. Why? Because he spoke the truth with all faith and with all power and all 
authority and it drew the crowd. They don't want to see smoke up in the church house. They don't need to hear loud, crazy music or dancing around and getting crazy. They need the word of God preached to them and it will draw the people in. We find that the words of Jesus cut to the spirits of people and they ran towards him recognizing that he was relief. Jesus offered relief. He offered peace. Jesus offered answers to people. We need to reaffirm to people today, Jesus still has the answer. Jesus can still fix what's wrong with us. Jesus can still renew our lives. I want to ask you this tonight. When was the last time that you violently made your way to Jesus? When was the last time that you made it your mandate to push through the crowd, to tell your family, I've got to go have some time with the Lord to tell your friends, I can't go to the movies. I don't have time to go to your house for a cookout. I've got to go get a hold of the Lord. We've got to get back to this, to a violent passion for Jesus. Man, I'm ashamed sometimes when I read things in the gospel. The things that, the desperation that people had to have a touch from the Lord. We get so accustomed to the presence of God and, and that just should not be. The same message of salvation in this Bible, over 2,000 years ago that was preached at Pentecost, is still the same message that can save people today. Amen. You know, I heard the Lord in, in prayer speak to me about the fruits in our life. You know, Galatians talks about fruits that you and I should have, that should be growing and that we should be bearing. You know, the fruits of the Spirit, the things like love and joy and peace and long-suffering and goodness and faith and temperance. I mean, the Lord has been dealing with me about this, and I know he's, I'm sure, dealing with you. Do you know that the enemy is a fruit snatcher? The enemy, okay, I'm going to give you, like, for instance, the enemy will come right up to you when you're driving on 75 in <laughs> terrible traffic, and he will snatch that fruit of patience right off your tree, and you lose your patience, and, and, and you lose your composure a little bit. The enemy is looking right now to snatch fruits out of our life. Think about it. Our passion is gone sometimes. Can I get an amen? amen. Your gentleness amen. is robbed, and the devil has picked our patience right off the tree. And then we just tend, tend to be angry. I see more angry people now than I have in my entire lifetime. Everybody is angry. Everybody has a problem. And I want to say this. God forbid we lose our influence upon this world because we are becoming too much like them. And I'm preaching to myself. Our tempers match the tempers of the world. Our language matches the language of the world. Our dress, our attitudes, our moods, and our confessions. We are hearing and believing the world too much. Isaiah 55 and 3 says, incline your ear to this. Come unto me, the Lord says. Hear this, and your soul shall live. It's imperative we read the Bible because we need a right attitude. It's imperative that we read the scripture because we need this fruit of the Spirit to grow in our life. We've got to get rid of some of this anger. We've got to get rid of some of this foul language. I mean, it's, it's, it's a pandemic right now in the church. Jesus and his word must be set before us every day. You know why? It makes you walk right. It makes you talk right. Amen. All right, it gives you the right passions and the right visions. This world is struggling with identity, and we as the church can't afford to struggle with this. People struggle with wanting to be a man one day, and then they want to be a woman the next. I mean, this is we are being confronted with this today. 
Because people reject Jesus, they struggle with identity. We got people switching jobs, switching medications, changing their appearances, yet they still struggle with identity and with purpose and with peace. It's like a bipolar confusion that has hit the world, and it is rampant everywhere, and it is creeping into the church. We walk around and you hear people say, I don't know what God wants me to do. I don't know who I'm supposed to be anymore. I don't feel used. I don't feel like I'm doing anything for the kingdom of God. It's a confusion, and we must confront this stuff. It's after the church. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all. The church doesn't identify with bondage, but deliverance. No one should ever hear you and I say, I have a struggle I can't overcome. People need to hear you and I say, I may have struggled through it, but with the help of God, I have overcome this. I've overcome my addictions. I've overcome my depression. I overcome my unforgiveness. Whatever it may be, we overcome only through Jesus Christ. We identify with baptism. Come on. We've got to be dead to this world. We've got to be dead to sin and to the very things that nailed Jesus to the cross. We must identify tonight with death, burial, and resurrection. And there is a resurrection power tonight that is working in our life. I've experienced it, and so have you. Those moments, Pastor, when we go down, we get knocked down sometimes. We are knocked down by discouragement, by wounds, or whatever it is. But we don't stay down because there's a resurrection power in us that doesn't allow us to stay down. Utilize that resurrection power. We've got to see the power of God resurrected in our lives. Revival has to start with you and with me. Not even in here, Pastor. You know where revival starts? At home. Revival starts in your car. Revival starts when you're alone with God. We don't need to have services yet. This is good tonight. And I'm, I'm here to admonish you and to pour into you and to encourage you and to sharpen you tonight and to release the word of God to you tonight. But it starts with you at home, one-on-one with Jesus. Help us tonight, Lord. The identity of the church is unmistakable. And we have to contend with this. But as he which has called you is holy, be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Be ye holy, the Lord says, for I am holy. When people talk about us, Bishop, especially those of us that are in the ministry, they should be able to look at us and the first thing that comes to their mind is they are holy. They are sold out. They are separated unto the Lord, their God. And if people can't say that about us, Pastor, we need some prayer. We have to fix that. We have to change that. Holy. God separates. Now hear this tonight. I want to slow down and I want you to get this. God separates his presence from those things which are not in harmony with him. Okay, let me say it like this. We are to separate from anything not in harmony with the Lord. We've read this Bible enough. We know what pleases God. We know what displeases God. And we must learn to cleave to that which pleases God and to separate from anything that we know would grieve the Holy Spirit. A purpose separation. God desires to get holy all over you. God wants holy all over me. God wants to be able to say, you know what, Bishop Schaefer, he is mine. He is my vessel. I can call on him anytime day or night. He's a man of God. He is my man that I poured my spirit into. Amen? We want to be able to say, God, I am your vessel. Do what you must. 
The world wants its smell on you. We gotta fight that. We gotta separate. I don't wanna smell like the world. I wanna be a fragrance unto God. Jesus said he's coming back for a spotless bride. That's not attached to anything here in this world. Holiness is a fragrance that attracts the spirit of a man. What what drew men to Jesus? What was it? It was that sweet aroma of love and of holiness. When, when people got around Jesus, they had to say things like, I perceive you're a prophet. Uh, woe is me. Woe is me. Why? Because there was a holiness about him. There was something that startled the spirit of a man. Jesus contained the presence and the fullness of God. There was peace with Jesus. Is there, do we carry peace with us? There was purpose with Jesus. People need to know what we're purposed about. I'm purposed about seeing people get healed. I'm purposed about seeing people get delivered. I'm purposed about people making it to heaven. Amen? Amen. We find that wherever Jesus went, these things hovered in his atmosphere. So tonight, let's identify with the blood of Jesus. Can we get back and identify with the blood of Jesus? Can we get back, church, to completely depending on the blood of Jesus to wash us and to keep us? Can we get back to that covenant with the Lord that meant so much to us in the early days. May we wash the smell of this world off of us with the blood of Jesus. The presence of Jesus permeates our being with his purpose. I want to say that again. It's all wrapped up in this. Love. What do we struggle with the most? Love. Love. I can obey that word. But it's hard to love the unlovable. People are mean. People are nasty. People hurt us. And then you know what we do? We put walls up in order to survive sometimes because we can't handle being hurt anymore. So we put a wall up, which hardens our heart a little bit. See, we have, if we're going to have the heart of God, we've got to be willing to be hurt sometimes. All right? And hurt deep and bleed deep. That's what Jesus did. So we can't put up these walls. We gotta be willing to do whatever it takes, people, to win the loss. To those of you tonight that are struggling with feelings and emotions and situations, we don't need another pep talk from each other. We don't need another counseling session from anybody. We've had enough of that. What we need tonight, I don't need another man's attention. We need the anointing of God. Amen. We need to learn to get back to altars where it can all be fixed, where God can change our hearts that have been hardened, where God can go ahead and pour out fresh vision and fresh and, and, and lay a fresh new mantle upon your life for what we're about to encounter in this next season. We need oil from above, Pastor. We need, we need some fresh oil from heaven. It's okay to say, God, you know what? Help my unbelief. My oil ran dry, and it's my fault, God, because I'm doing this thing called life, and I'm trying to survive, and I'm doing it without you. But I've been sitting here tonight because those of you that are here tonight, I believe that God is saying, I'm going to fill you up. Amen. I'm going to renew you. I'm going to refocus you tonight. I'm going to pour something out in you that's going to carry you through, and you're going to be able to take this to someone else. I want you tonight, we're going to, we're going to hold up some banners. And I believe that spiritually to my pastor, we're going to take some banners when we leave. Okay? So when I go to, to, to work tomorrow, I'm going to have a banner of healing that I'm going to show people. 
When I go to work tomorrow, I'm going to have a banner of encouragement to encourage someone. Okay? When I go to work tomorrow, I'm going to have a banner of anointing with me. And I'm going to talk to people about the anointing of God. How do we overcome? By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. When was the last time that you poured out a testimony to someone that you didn't hold back? See, that's what we do. We get little bits and pieces. But I think sometimes we need to just get in someone's face and say, do you know what Jesus did for me? Even if you don't want to hear it, you're going to hear it and get it out. We've got to press through all of this craziness, all of this confusion and pain, and we must get a hold of Jesus. We find that Jesus identified himself with healing. It was That was the one thing Jesus did everywhere that he went, most of the time was permitted, is he healed. The Bible says that he healed all that were brought to him. We find, I love it, in so much that they pressed upon him to touch him because people knew if I can touch Jesus, I'm going to be healed. This church tonight needs to be healed. And if a few of you here tonight that showed up can go ahead and get a touch of healing from God, come Sunday morning, Pastor, there's going to be a spirit, um, a presence here of healing and wholeness for everyone. And it starts with you. We've got to press through here tonight. We are not here to identify with the world and all. Oh, pastor, this, whew, this is tough. My pastor said the other day, we are not here to fight with the world. We are here to show Jesus to the world. Man, how many fights we get in. And I've had mine lately. I've got a woman that's been picking on my grandsons. She's, she's got these mean dogs. And she's trained them to watch my grandsons. It's a neighbor. And when my little grandbabies walk by, she'll say, watch them, watch them, watch them. And I'm like, lady, I will call fire from heaven down on you. You mess with my grandbabies. But it's the Lord teaching me and putting me in uncomfortable situations to show me this is a very woman that needs my prayer and that needs my kindness and that needs my love the most. Amen. Amen. So tonight, let's vow to separate ourselves. I'm going to come to a close here in just a moment. I want you to prepare your hearts, prepare your minds, that we might separate ourselves from anything not in harmony with God. Do you know that, you know what the priest wore in the Old Testament? They had this beautiful garment that the Lord had instructed how the high priest was to dress. I mean, uh, very detailed from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. And you know what was right here engraved upon his head? Holiness unto the Lord. So when that high priest walked out, the first thing that people noticed about this man was that he was sanctified holy unto God. Everything he did was holiness unto the Lord. We've got to get to a place, Pastor, where we get back and we yield again to sanctification, where we yield again to being holiness unto the Lord, where we're not tainted anymore by what we watch and what we listen to and by the crowds. In your life tonight, everything that's taking place in your life, what you allow, what you do, what you allow to entertain you, can you say holiness to the Lord. Let's move the stones of discouragement out of the way right now. Let's just deal with discouragement. Let's deal with our disappointments here tonight. Let's pick up these banners of victory and show others the way. Identify. This is your identity. I want you to leave this place tonight 
identifying with the power of Jesus Christ in your life. If someone says, hey, can you tell me something about yourself? Say yes. I carry an anointing, and I carry a power that Jesus Christ has bestowed upon me. That's why I'm happy. That's why I have victories. We've got tonight to get back into this fight. Identify with the only thing that can set people free, and that's the blood of Jesus in the name of Jesus. So y'all go ahead and let's stand tonight. I think I've said enough. I could say a little bit more. I think there's a, we're a small enough crowd. I think that we just need to come here together with the thought of, I'm coming up here tonight to this altar, presenting myself wholly unto the Lord. Allow the Lord tonight to sanctify you afresh. We need some fresh oil poured out on us tonight. We need to repent tonight for smelling a little bit like the world when we need to have a holy fragrance from above. We need to practice getting violent again. Violently searching for Jesus every hour of the day. Violently searching for time to intercede. Violently searching for lost souls. That the Lord is saying the harvest is full and plenty. Go. Father, here we are tonight. Responding, God. Responding to your call to be separated and to be holy and to be set apart. Responding to the call that you want containers, you want vessels that not only that you can pour into and fill up, but vessels that can overflow. So when we go places, when we're at the restaurants, when we're at work, God, when I'm at the grocery store, that people can look at me and there's something that draws them. There's something that is so different that it'll stop people on their tracks. May we carry this anointing with fear and with trembling. And Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we confess our sins, that we have gotten tainted, that we've gotten polluted, that our fruit has fallen off and gotten rotten in some areas. Forgive us for being angry and bitter. God, forgive us for getting so engulfed with the here and now when you said to keep eternity in view. Jesus, you're coming back soon. And you have given 